Welcome to the Kara's Care Show, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. And I'm Kara Sundlin. We love to talk about how we can improve our mental health with things, actually, that don't cost a lot of money and really work. So Dr. Laura Saunders is here uh, with a little mental health refresh. With the holidays coming soon, we are talking about gratitude, but not just about sitting around the table, why this is actually a mental health a technique that helps us improve our mental health. So thank you for being here, doctor. Thank you for having me, Kara. So gratitude, we hear a lot about this and, you know, there's maybe the lip service around a Thanksgiving table of what are you grateful for? But this is actually a researched phenomenon that when we use gratitude, even when we're not feeling grateful, it can really change us. Yeah. You know, in the past two decades, there's actually more and more research in the area of positive psychology um, that talks about the measurable benefits from gratitude, measurable physical benefits and measurable mental health and emotional health benefits. Yeah, and a lot of people this time of year, uh, you, I love the always say there's no Hallmark family, but a lot of people struggle with loneliness and isolation or feeling like their holidays aren't good enough or happy like the movie show. Um, so how can gratitude help people feel better around the holidays? So, so while I think we, we focus a little bit more on gratitude and thankfulness at Thanksgiving, and, and I often hear people say that Thanksgiving is one of their favorite holidays because, first of all, people of all religious religions and backgrounds celebrate Thanksgiving. And it is, it, it by definition, is a time of giving thanks. And so these are opportunities for us to connect with people that we care about. And it doesn't have to just be on the day of Thanksgiving, um, it, you know, in the days leading up and certainly in the days after, but it's creating opportunities to step back, work or, or reconnect with people that we, that we maybe have, don't see regularly or haven't seen in a while. Um, so that's what I love about the focus on this time of year is that it is a connection around thankfulness and gratitude. And what actually is gratitude? So gratitude is, is that quality of being thankful. It's a, it's a readiness to show appreciation and it's actually returning kindness, right? So it's about giving kindness, about giving, you know, your, your attention, your good energy. Um, as well as focusing on your own life and being thankful for the things that you may have. Um, that, and not, I'm, I'm not necessarily even talking about physical things either. I'm talking mm. more about emotional or intangible things. Yeah, and we'll get into that because that's, you know, sometimes harder for, for all of us, but certainly for kids who this time of year are asking for specific toys and things. But I want to turn now to the science of why this has become such a powerful mental health tool. So gratitude really has measurable physical benefits for our lives. Yes, I mean, you know, there's some research that shows it, it can reduce your blood pressure, which then has benefits to circulation. It can soothe your nervous system, so therefore reducing stress levels, right? Stress and, and the cortisol is the, horm the stress hormone. Cortisol running through your body just increases anxiety and increases stress. So there's actual physical benefits to engaging in, in acts of gratitude. Um, so it's really, really important to remember that. And it actually can help you see the bigger picture. I, I think what's hard is 
trying, and, and I know sometimes we don't love that word, but when we're trying to feel grateful as a practice, but we're just in a funk and we're upset about things that maybe we don't like. So that, that trying that you, that you mentioned is what we call, and this is more like in the area of social psychology, but positive recall bias, right? So we tend to have a bias in recalling things that are more negative or more negatively emotionally laden than things that are positive. So if our recall bias is towards things that are more negative, the act of gratitude helps shift that a little bit and create a more positive recall bias. So the things or the events that we're recalling as part of either, either our past, our present, or even into our future, if we can engage more of a positive recall bias, it will help sort of shift your mindset as well. So let's talk about some ways that we can really cultivate gratitude because we can grow it. Number one, you could start a gratitude journal. There's a lot of research around that. Yes. So doing, you know, and again, you know, I would say like, I'm, I'm the person that's more likely to write something on a piece of paper or in a journal, but you know, sometimes people like to use their phones. However you do it, it doesn't really matter. What it is, it's the practice of a gratitude journal. And it's, it's whether it's in at night before you go to bed, taking a few moments. Okay. We're not talking about long periods of time here. We're talking about a few moments to focus on things that happened in your day that were positive, that you are thankful for, and that you bring into your recall, right? And it takes effort to bring it into your recall. Sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's setting good intentions um, for the day, right? I'm going to greet two people by looking them in the eye and saying hello. I'm going to give one compliment to, to someone, you know, outside of my usual work circle today, right? It's setting positive intentions. So you're creating acts of gratitude or you're creating acts of kindness in your life. Yeah. And some people might say, well, how is saying hi to someone at work going to help me have more gratitude? Or how does just spreading a little kindness cultivate gratitude? I know we're not supposed to care about things coming back, but can you explain those connections? So what happens is when people feel isolated or when they feel uh, lonely, or when they feel down, when they feel depressed, when they feel melancholy or disconnected, right? The core of that often is that they're caught up in their own emotional pain. Mm. And one of the ways that you get out of that, literally, I think of it like as a, as a wall of emotional pain in front of you. One of the ways that you get out of that emotional pain is by looking outside of yourself. So something as simple as, you know, on your walk into work or, in, you know, in front of your house, you look at that tree and, and that it still has some of its leaves and what color the leaves are. And, you know, it's, it's getting you outside of that emotional pain, that blanket of emotional pain that sometimes is surrounding you. And it helps you shift your focus. Right. We've said it here before, move a muscle, change a mood. Mm. So something Sometimes it's the act of doing something that's outside of yourself and outside of that wall of emotional pain that helps you realize like, oh my goodness, there's actually few clouds in the sky today and it's kind of sunny. Yeah. 
And when you're in a really low mood, you'll say, well, I don't even care. I just, you know, this thing happened or, you know, I, I, I'm feeling low around the holidays. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you're a young person who feels excluded by something. But these are all moments that um, what you're talking about is not even being fake and saying, I'm so grateful for whatever. But just that one step of mindfulness, like can you find something you can see or notice or feel as you go into being in the present moment, you head toward gratitude? Absolutely. And I'm not talking about wiping out all, you know, all feelings of loss. You know, very often the holidays do bring up feelings of loss or feelings of disconnection. So we're not talking about wiping anything out. Certainly there's a there's an amount of validation that needs to happen. Like, yes, I lost my parent or I'm getting a divorce and, and this is what's happening in my life and it's very painful. But the next step is, what do I do with that? Do I hold on to that pain and let it become a weight to drag me down? Or do I say, what is something that I can have control over? And something that you have control over is finding a sense of gratitude and thankfulness. A, a term that I, in you know, doing some of the research for this, you know, that I came across, or two terms I came across that I really love, were this concept of tailwinds and headwinds, right? Headwinds, you know, to use a sailing reference, my son's a sailor. Headwinds are those things that might be pushing you back or holding you back, barriers, things, you know, hurdles, things that make it a little harder. But the tailwinds are the things that help you move forward, right? You know what? If you're someone that struggles with chronic pain, maybe you have a little less pain today. If you're someone that has had a recent loss, you you realize that you're one step away from, from you know, the depth of that loss. So finding what the tailwinds are that can help you kind of literally and figuratively lift your head up, see what's around you and find one thing that you feel okay about. Like I'm breathing okay today, or, you know, I put lotion on my skin and my skin feels softer today. Something that you have in your control, something that you can do to help yourself increases that sense of gratitude. And one other technique you say is not taking good fortune for granted as it comes. And it doesn't have to mean winning the lottery, but, you know, maybe someone says, I really like your hair today. Like taking a moment to dwell in those glimmers. Yes. And it is, you're right, it is the little details. It's not necessarily that, right, that I won the lottery, that, you know, my bank account is swimming with, with funds. It's not that at all. It's taking a step and, um, you know, wow, someone looked at me, said hi, and said that they really liked the scarf I was wearing. And and taking that in, right? Not having that shield around you so that anything positive that comes in, you just, it sort of pings off. But letting in some of those things, letting, you know, that that negativity ping off of you or not recalling so much negativity and just deepening that sense of gratitude. Does this change our brain when we really do try to focus on gratitude? It actually does, right? It actually does. It, it, it helps, as I said, that positive recall bias, right? So some people might have a bias towards recalling negative events. Um, when people are depressed, one of the things that we talk about is the negative filter, right? For p- people that are depressed, they have a negative filter. So you could say five good things to them, and that one either neutral or negative thing is what gets through the filter and then kind of hits them emotionally. Mm-hmm. Not the five positive things, right? So when you when you make some changes in how you you recall information, you change your mindset, you change your 
how you feel. You can breathe a little deeper if you let that one positive thing come in. And again, so often, this is also about taking that step and spreading kindness, doing something kind for someone else. And it doesn't have to be something as big as, you know, buying coffee for the person behind you in line at, at Duncan. You know, it could be something as simple as giving someone else a compliment or saying a prayer to someone that you really care about, sending them that positive energy. So it's it's that act of, of kindness that also then leaves that positive energy to come back to you emotionally. Right. And people talk about, you know, all over people are into uh, manifesting and energy. And we don't always think about that in the world that you are in as a psychologist and science. I know they all do dovetail, but you just talked about even if you don't verbally give someone a compliment, even thanking them mentally or saying a prayer for them can cultivate a positive emotion in us. How does that work? Right. So you, and you use the, the term um, on great day about like counting our blessings. Like yeah. most all religious traditions have something about counting your blessings and, and counting your blessings or engaging in, in, in prayer or engaging in kind of prayerful meditation. Those acts really serve to get you to think about things outside of yourself. Um, prayers can be about reflection, but it also can be about looking to something outside of yourself, whether it's a God or a higher power or nature or something outside of yourself. And again, it shifts that that focus for a lot of folks and gets them away from that kind of wall of emotional pain that oftentimes we get caught up in. Well, even just having that different perspective, right? I guess if we're going through something and it's difficult, um, walking around to the other side of the pond, so to speak, and trying to look at it from a different angle, like what am I learning from this or seeing it from that wider bird's eye view, that can be a technique to help us kind of get out of our funk and start finding things to be grateful for. Yes. And, you know, right. it's a change in perspective. It's, it's also, I mean, that's what mindfulness is, right? Mindfulness is kind of grounding yourself in the moment. Um, you know, when I was running groups, we would sometimes do like a walking mindfulness. So mindfulness is not even like sitting, you know, by yourself in a, in a quiet space. You can walk outside and you can focus on your five senses. That really grounds you in the moment. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What can you taste? What, you know, I'm missing a sense there, but you know what I mean? Mm. So it's, 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 it's really focusing on being in that moment. And in that moment, it's the gratitude of, you know, there's a beautiful yellow ginkgo tree outside of my office. It's looking at that tree and marveling how yellow the leaves are and recognizing that that tree is holding onto its leaves before other things, right? Simple things that are not monumental thoughts, but really ground you back in the here and now that, you know, nature is miraculous and, and doing little things that you can to help yourself when you're feeling at your worst, just helps shift that mindset. And I'll refer people back to another episode where we did the walking meditation. I love that because some people are saying, I, I, I don't know how to meditate or I don't know, my brain always, and, I, and that's, a, it, it's really our brains are always going to think, but the idea of getting out there and taking a walk, I sometimes have done this where I'll ask myself, like, where am I on a scale of one to 10 of how maybe upset or down or whatever and force myself to take a walk. And then if you ask yourself a number after a walk, I feel like you're always so much better. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Like 10 Absolutely, minutes right? outside. If I rated my mood before a walk, you know, my mood was a like a, a seven or, you know, 10 being a bad, say, 
you know, my mood was a seven. And then after a, a five, 10, 15, even a half hour walk would be great. You know, your mood's inevitably going to be a little bit better. And even if it goes from a seven to a six, that's better. Yeah. So it, what I, what I like to emphasize is that people have a sense of empowerment, right? That therapy is helpful. Look, this is what I do for a living. But there are little things that you can do, you know, even if you're in therapy, which is one hour a week, you still have all the other hours, minutes, hours, and days of the week where you have to do small things. You have to empower yourself to help yourself. And sometimes that is being grateful for the things that are around you and for the positive people. If you have one person that's that's kind to you, then focus on that one person, not the other people that might be neutral or not kind to you. So I love what you're saying about the small things. And I, I talk about turning, uh, I think of it as like, let's turn our daily grind into a sacred grind. I'm still going to have to go to work today. I'm still going to have to make dinner for the kids. But there's little things about how we could do this that can change everything. So let's leave people with some action steps. So first thing in the morning, a couple of moments. What would be something that we could do on the vein of gratitude that would really maybe change our day and our mood? Call it prayer, call it mindfulness, call it meditation, doing something in the morning to sort of center and ground yourself. Keeping a gratitude journal, as as we said, writing down one or two things that you feel thankful for or that you're hopeful for. Finding a volunteer opportunity. Talk Mm. about acts of kindness, being a volunteer for so many of the organizations that really need volunteers is, is something that you do outside of yourself where you're giving of your time, right? And the greatest gift parents give their children are time and attention. Um, but doing something where you're giving your time to an organization is really about, you know, helping other people, making a social connection. And it doesn't have to be, you know, making a best friend for life. It could be, going to your local library and, you know, looking at what opportunities or activities are available in your library, because libraries are great hubs and every town has a library. You know, they're great hubs of things going on. There might be a book club going on or there might be a reading, you know, a a reading that someone's giving of a book that's coming out. So, you know, the act of going to your local library, because it's free, we're not talking about any costs here, going to your local library means getting out of your house, you know, taking, you know, taking a shower, getting out of your house, going somewhere, doing something that feels meaningful. And even if you're going there and you're taking a book out, you're maybe spending some time to read a book, again, getting yourself outside of that kind of wall of emotional pain, if that's what you're struggling with, um, and seeing what opportunities are out there and saying, you know what, it wasn't so hard to go to the library. Maybe I'll do it again at the end of the week, or maybe I'll do it again next week. Yeah. So it's, action steps and they can be small and they don't need to cost money but taking action steps moving a muscle helps change your mood okay and i was going to ask you what you were doing time frames we got the morning and again this is you can do whatever works for you afternoon you started out with a good thing and then something hit the fan and you're back in a funk at work or you're feeling really overwhelmed you're like well i did that but now it's not working how do we self-care or switch back to that energy of gratitude and hopefulness and optimism in the middle of the day when we're kind of in our stress space? Right. So you, I'm someone that has all sorts of things written on, on my computer and around me to provide reminders of things that I need to do to, you know, come back to the present moment or things to be thankful for, right? 
I am safe. I am healthy. I am loved. I have peace in my life, right? And it doesn't mean I have peace every single moment of the day, but it, you know, it's bringing back those things. So whatever little things you need to do, whether you're um, a stay-at-home mom and you have something on a mirror saying, you know, look at yourself and say one nice thing today, or you know, what, how, how much do you love your your child? Even if your child doesn't act the way you want all the time, no one's child does. Um, but it's you doing things, knowing yourself, knowing what, like you tend to kind of get down or low energy in the afternoon. So doing something that's a reminder to shift your mindset and create a little bit more gratitude in your life. All right, now we're to the evening. People are tired. There's whole lots of episodes we've done before about the importance of just basic sleep and nutrition. So, but back, uh, we've, we maybe had a little landmark in the morning. We got a little something in the middle of the day, an affirmation on a post-it note, a hand on a heart. Now it's the evening. What's uh, another guidepost of gratitude, so to speak, we could incorporate to the evening? Right. So I would love it if when people are sitting and sharing a meal together that, you know, some people offer a prayer, some people, you know, just one thing that you are thankful for in your day today. And listen, you don't have to be sitting around with a a multi-course meal. Say, you know, you've got sports and activities and you ordered food out, but just taking a moment when you're sitting down, even if it's just a couple of you, doesn't have to be the whole family together. Just tell me one thing that you are thankful for, one thing that you're hopeful for, one good thing that happened in your day today. One neutral thing. If you can't even come up with a good thing, come up with a neutral thing in your yeah. day. Um, so it's, it's it, and as parents, right, we want to try to be role models for creating that sense of reflection, even when it's hard for us sometimes, but we want to create that sense of reflection because we're modeling for our children. Well, I love you just said because, um, it must be the same school of therapy, but another mom friend of mine was saying that she started a tradition. It's working with the girls in the family. I guess the guys aren't doing it yet, but they text each other at night because yeah, everyone's so busy and, and teens are often in their room and they text each other. It's a chain of one thing you're grateful for, one thing you're proud of, and one thing you're looking forward to. And they answer each other. And it's just like you, anyone can text each other good night. Just add, it's adding a little bit more. So it's a way to end the night. So this could even be just a text chain between you and your other loved one if you can't do a whole ritual yeah i love that right because right people are busy and you know what's great about that now there's a record of it right now i had to not just say it out loud but i had to put it in print right that i'm 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 grateful for the opportunity to to talk on Kara's cures you know putting something out there putting it in print and then allowing someone else to sort of see and witness it is that extra step yeah yeah and I think that about this show, actually. It's a sort of a passion project. I'm grateful that it's on a podcast and I see people downloading it. I'm like, okay, I hope it, may, I hope it serves everybody who's listening. And um, I, I, I know that these kinds of shows really help me. And, and I, I work on that um, of trying. I think we're, nobody's life is perfect. So we're all trying to do these things. Even you, the psychologist, you've got your affirmations on Post-it notes. So uh, yeah. we all look happy on TV, but we need ways to uh, <laughs> when the real cameras are ready. off. Yeah, real stuff. Um, so let me ask about the kids. Um, as a mom of teens, uh, I've got the, you know, I've got the surly age. Um, they're good. Thank, thank goodness. I'm grateful they're good. But, you know, they're, they're teenagers and other kids might have younger kids. We all want to raise kids who are grateful, who realize, gosh, how lucky you are. And it probably doesn't work like, hey, eat your food. You know, kids are starving in wherever. That's not that. So how do we cultivate gratitude with our children so they can grow up grateful? 
Right. So it, it is, you know, as we said, being that role model. And it might be, you know, if they're, you know, can you tell me something you're grateful for today? Ah, there's nothing that I'm grateful for. Well, I'm grateful that you had the opportunity to play soccer today. Or I'm grateful that you go to a school where I feel like the teachers really care about you. Or I'm grateful that you, you know, you, that you took the garbage out for me, right? So you can offer those things because then you're modeling, I noticed something that you did, did or I noticed something about your environment, and I'm grateful for it. So mm. you're kind of putting that energy out there even if they can't sort of mimic the words back to you, but you're putting that grateful energy out there. So earlier in today, um, on Great Day Connecticut, uh, my co-host Scott Haney was talking about that as a kid, he really wanted presents, which we're in that time where the, the wish lists are coming in, which they get more expensive as they're teenagers, what happened to all the toys. But um, so, and you're thinking, he was saying as a kid, he just wanted gifts, 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 gifts. And you're thinking, guys, it's not about gifts. It's about these other things. Is that a little bit of a developmental thing? Um, is that just normal that kids kind of, I don't know, they want all this. doesn't mean they're, they're not going to be grateful someday. They're just really into the physical stuff. I, yeah, I think there's some degree of that, you know, and, and then we engage like in nowadays around social comparison. How many gifts did you get? How many gifts did I get? You know, comparison within families. You know, my brother got more gifts than I did. You must love him more. Um, but it's, and there's some of that that goes on that, but you want to try to dial it back a little bit with some emphasis on, as I said, the two greatest gifts a parent gives a child is time and attention. Mm -hmm. So with a focus on creating memories, right? So you might not be giving physical gifts, but you might be saying, you know, we're going to, we're going to all go to Six Flags as a family, mm -hmm. you know, at least one time together this summer, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a big trip. It can be small things, you know, what things that you can do. Um, to create a memory because memories really do last a lifetime more so than physical gifts. Well, I actually saw something on social media, and that brings up another point that we really want to curate. We, there's a lot of people who post about gratitude, I've learned. So once you start looking for that, looking at that in the morning, then maybe social media would be okay for you. Otherwise, maybe stay off of it. But the... <laughs> Uh, the idea of, of, of just looking around and trying to find, you know, those, those inspirations all, all around you so you can shift, um, it can be powerful. Is there, uh, is there uh, any research on how long it can take to shift out of a bad mood into a grateful state? Or when you use these techniques, we'll go, is it working? <laughs> yeah, it can, it can actually happen pretty instantly, right? If we're talking about, like, focusing on gratitude and what you're thankful for, and whatever kind of little, even mindfulness moments, that reduces your blood pressure in the moment. It doesn't do it, doesn't reduce your blood pressure next week. It soothes your nervous system in the moment. Okay. So when we do these things, it has, it can have some instantaneous positive results. Yeah. And you can feel that in your body if you, if you're paying attention. So like you said, just even being grateful for the small things, um, we can look at the news every day and see that uh, we have relative wealth, health, safety, just by being here in this nation. So sometimes uh, that comparison can get to us unless you're thinking about the relativity of, of where we stand next to other people. So I love all these tips. Um, we're going we're gonna to think about, I, I, I'm going to think about, I invite our listeners to the same thing, maybe like three things a day, morning, afternoon, and night, maybe little gratitude alarms on your phone. <laughs> right. Move a muscle, change your mood. And any act of thankfulness and gratitude is a step to help yourself.
Dr. Laura Saunders from the Institute of Living in Hartford, a child psychologist and, of course, psychologist for all of us adults as well. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And we, of course, are grateful for you. And I'm grateful for you too, Kara, and the opportunity to talk with people and help them with their mental health. Absolutely. We're all in this together. Thanks, Dr. Laura. Take care. Have a great day, everyone, and be well. Feel free to share this episode on social media. You can follow me at Kara Sundlin for more information. Have a great day and be well.